In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I don't know if it's a good morning or a bad morning, actually, Ian. How are you, buddy? Um, I mean, our football team's three and six. It wasn't the greatest game I've ever seen. But oddly enough, Paul, I'm really not in. I don't know if it's just a it's like a calcifying that's come over me where it's just these losses don't add up. But when I watched yesterday's game, I didn't sit there and go. Uh, I'm like, you know what? It was a good game. We gave it our best shot. Things didn't go our way. At the end of the day, the score doesn't really reflect the game. So I really wasn't all that bothered by it. But boy, oh boy, there's a lot of people that have been bothered by this one. But outside of that, it's freezing cold in Chicago. So we're all back to normal, I guess, out here. Yeah. Um. After beating the Bengals, I really thought this game was going to go... 35-34, a very high-scoring game both ways. I didn't, I did expect expect our defense to step step up a little bit more than it did, and I probably think in the last eight years of supporting the Browns, I don't think I've ever seen the opposite team not punt the ball. Well, that unfortunately that has happened before. Has it? That's not the rarity. Because they went forward on fourth down a couple times. So it's not like they didn't have them in that position. Yeah. I mean, the, the Dolphins yeah, were yeah. one for two and fourth down. So they should have punted on a couple of them. Of all the issues, you're right, though. When we talk about the defense, the fact that we didn't make them in any fourth downs was like fourth and 10, where they couldn't go for it unless you're us in the fourth quarter. I, I see your point, but we did get them to fourth down a couple of times. But you do point out something on third down that we'll talk about when we talk about the defensive grades. The last point is this, mate. I just miss a Greg Williams defense. And there was a lot of problems with Greg Williams' defense. But it felt like if you came on as your sixth quarterback, sorry, cornerback, then you're out there to make one play to put on tape and then you're going to get cut next week. That's what I kind of miss. Um, I used to love our depth in defence, all positions, all fighting for a spot. I just don't know what's happened now. But anyway, let's get back on to the usual uh, podcast format. Well, to be fair, we'll I'll elaborate real quick on that. What Paul's talking about is Greg Williams was an exotic blitzer. He would send guys from all corners of the globe to get to the quarterback, to create pressure, to create turnovers. Now, as you know, I think there was a period where Greg Williams' defenses were leading the league in turnovers created, if I'm not mistaken. But then on some games, it went real bad. So you kind of live by the sword, die by the sword. And on this one, we're not really, we don't have a sword. We have a knife. It's, I don't know. I don't even have a good analogy for it, but let's get onto it. So should we start offense or defense? Let's start on the offense. We'll start off on a little bit of optimism. 
Um, so what number are you going to go with, Ian? It's an unpopular opinion, Paul, I will tell you, because at the end of the day, when you get beat 39 to 17, it's a little rough. And at the end of the day, it was not the Browns' best game. I think we all can understand that. I, I really wasn't all that crazy defeated about the offense. You know, Wyatt Teller obviously left the game a little bit early. We didn't have David Njoku in terms of having all of our weapons, which I think made it a little bit easier for Miami to defend us. I mean, that's just a fact. But also, I just want to point this out. A lot of times, Browns fans forget that the other team is paid too. Their coaching staff is paid too. Mike McDaniel, former Browns wide receiver coach, went out to San Francisco. And Paul, do you know who he worked for? Um, Who's the coach of the San Francisco 49ers? Former Browns offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is widely known for his ability to implement an outside zone running scheme. For those that aren't familiar, the Browns run an outside zone running scheme. So the offense that Mike McDaniel put in with the Dolphins is eerily similar to the offense that Kevin Stefanski implemented with the Browns. So when it comes to guys seeing this every day in practice, the Dolphins have a little bit of a familiarity with how the Browns offense is going to run. So as you see from a coaching standpoint, Paul, how did we come out of the gate? What was our first drive like? Look, the the, the special teams play was amazing. The first, mm-hmm. you know, forward with the uh, return. Yeah, absolutely. Then, what was the first play of the game? We got we got we um, got fifty yards on a forty yard bomb. Uh, Why? Yeah, and then we got we got a, we got a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I I tweeted. I wish the Browns could start like this every week. You're 100% right. But Paul, the reason is, is because coaching, preparation, tendencies, right? So Kevin Stefanski switched it up a little bit. First down run, not so fast, my friend. Donovan Peoples-Jones, single coverage on the outside, 38-yard, boom. And by the way, you're right. Boom, 48-yard kickoff return. Boom, 38-yard pass play. Holy shnikes, we're in business, baby. A kickoff return and one play, and we're inside the Miami 15-yard line. Offense, right out the script, right? Four plays, 53 yards, boom, touchdown. Two minutes and 47 seconds. So the offense played off the tendencies that they did. Jacoby Brissett looked good. Nick Chubb looked good, right? So now all of a sudden, we're up 7 nothing. Miami says, all right, Browns, I see you. I'm going 10 plays, 84 yards in six minutes. Boom, we punch it in. And I will say, I know a lot of people want to kill the defense and we're going to get there. The pump fake that Tua had to get Isaiah Thomas off of his feet to slip that little pass in behind him to the fullback. That was a pretty damn impressive play. Not going to lie. As much as I like the play action at the goal line, which by the way, we talk about tendencies, play action to Chubb, the entire Miami defense said, we know that play. And Jacoby Brissett said, no, you don't. Cause this is going to Harrison Bryant. Nice to see you Harrison. Thanks for coming out and playing touchdown Browns. But in the same sense, It was a great play by Tua. He made some good throws. I mean, at the end of the day, we talk about Tua and stuff like that. He can throw a decent ball. So now we're 7-7. And Paul, the reason we're doing this drive-by-drive is because the momentum's real quick going to shift. Browns get the ball back. 
boom, 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 boom. We're going down. Oh shit. Third and 16. Not so fast. My friend, boom, 22 yards, frozen rope strike by Brissett to Donovan people's Jones. First down Browns. We're back in business, baby. We're cooking. Now we're getting inside of their field goal range. And what happens? Zach Sealer reaches over. Ball comes out of the Nick Chubb's hands. First fumble all season. Ugh. Points left on the board. And this is where it starts to, okay, here we go. We got to put this thing back on track. Dolphins get the ball back, go back the other way. Cool. You're going to notice a trend here. Nine plays, 50 yards, four minutes and eight seconds. So now we're talking about the Dolphins in two possessions, averaging a little over five minutes to drive. The defense holds them to a field goal. All right, 10-7. We're good here. We're good. Now what happens? We go out in the second quarter, nine plays, 33 yards, turnover on downs. Defense says, all right, I got you. Don't worry. We're going to keep you in this one. They go out and stop Miami on downs. Boom. Ball's coming back to us. So now we're just exchanging. Browns, five plays, four, four plays, five yards, punt. <sighs> we're, we're, we're stuck in the mud again. We can't get going again. We can't get going again. Dolphins say, boom, I see it. Seven plays, 50 yards, 50 seconds. That was the quick hitter where they hit that 15-yard pass to Gasicki, and then they went uh, to Sherfield for 14 yards. They ran that hurry up. Boom, touchdown right before the half. The complexion of the game changed because it was 10 to 7. We could not get that stop. They went right down like a warm knife through butter after we had mustered no real offense in that second quarter. And now it's 17 to 7 going into half. I know we had the ball briefly, but what did Miami do? Comes right back out in the third quarter. Boom, another touchdown. They hit us with the Belichick. They double scored. They double scored on those back-to-back possessions there. Uh, first half to second half. The Browns fought back on offense. They came down. Field goal. Boom. Miami says, no, I got you touchdown. So you're like, son of a bitch. Now I'm trailing. It's 30 to 10, right? Their kicker can't make anything. Browns say, we're going to give this one last shot. Boom. Drive all the way down the field, score a touchdown. And then the wheels on the bus just fell off because we had two, obviously, in the fourth quarter. You can't run the ball. You're turning the ball over on downs. Miami puts up another 10 points, pushes it from 30 or nine points from 30 to 39. The ball game's pretty much over, but realistically it was a one It was like a 25, 17 game. And then they just kind of unraveled from there. So but, you look at it and you say, what was the issue on offense? Right. We just, when it, when it came time for what you're talking about, those clutch drives, we didn't have it. We didn't. We we kept responding. We couldn't get ahead. Chubb becomes basically, you know, he had the nice touchdown run there. But, I mean, he averaged 5.7 yards per carry. Brissett, seven carries, 5.7. Kareem Hunt does not look right. I don't know what's going on with him. But offensively, it wasn't that bad. We just, when it came time for us to get a drive to match him, we couldn't do it. And for that, I'm, I'm leaning like four, four or five. That's where I'm at. That was the longest way of going about the team, 26 minutes with the ball, 21st downs, 5 of 12 on third down, 2 of 5 on fourth down, 297 yards. But you predicted Donovan Peoples-Jones to have a great game. He had a great game. He did, yep. And he's he's showing that if teams want to take away Amari Cooper, which they kind of did, you know, he ended up with uh, not, not one of his greatest games. Let me pull up here. Amari Cooper, three targets, three catches, 32 yards. So really, Brissett wasn't even looking his way because on the three times he targeted him, he caught the ball. So it it was one of those games where just offensively, Miami had a good strategy. They played a two-man gap. 
in terms of the front, which basically means that the body is responsible for two lanes, two gaps. And that's obviously Mike McDaniel knows how to defend the outside zone run. It was effective when the Browns got down. They knew what the Browns went back to their tendencies and Miami just took the upper hand and then their high powered offense just took over. So I think from an offensive line standpoint, they had a very good strategy on how to neutralize us. Um, so I don't think it was the worst game offensively. It wasn't like we couldn't get it going. We just couldn't get it going at the right time. And again, we're chasing the, we're chasing, right? Our offense isn't built to come back from behind. I even thought the O-line didn't have a great game. Um, one of, one of the highest graded, uh, highest graded people was, uh, what's his name, right? Wasn't it Froholt? Didn't I see Froholt was like the highest graded guy? I haven't looked at the grades. Yeah, highest highest graded Cleveland Brown, uh, right guard, Yelda Froholt, 76.9. Donovan Peoples Jones, 73.1. Ethan Pochich, 70.6. So there you go. Uh, rounding it off on the starters, Jedrick Wills, basically dead even 60 game. Uh, Wyatt Teller only played 11 snaps. Uh, you could tell the calf, he just wasn't doing the same. Probably Batonio is not his greatest game for, but it looks like just we couldn't really get go- things going on that left side. And then Jack Conklin struggled. And then James Hudson came in and was not great either. So the offensive line, there's some big boys. They got a lot of talent. We talked about that in the pregame show with Miami. I mean, there was, there was some guys on that defense that stepped up and played pretty big. I thought it was going to be a good test for the Browns offensive line. You know, Melvin Ingram, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, Christian Wilkins, you know, they, they've got some names. I mean, Zach Sealer was pretty good. Uh, Jerome Baker had a very good thing. And Raekwon Davis is just a big boy in the middle. Didn't play great, but Paul, the guy's 350 pounds. So overall, I mean, offensively, like I said, it's just, we couldn't, it just, again, I say it, we just couldn't get the drive when we needed to. Brissett, 22 of 35, 212 and a touchdown, no picks. Chubb, 11 for 63. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 5 for 99. That one fumble, though, man, oof. That that was tough because that, 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 if you can go ahead and finish that drive up and you're matching touchdown for touchdown, I think that game takes com- completely different hold. Um, yeah, I think to sum it up, I think offense four out of ten. Four, okay. That, I can't argue with you. I, I there was some flashes of good, right? I just don't know if there was enough flashes to get above. If we if we make five, kind of the the the, the Mendoza line, we're below that. I think just a touch, and it's because in crucial times, they just could not get it going. They just couldn't. It was like when they needed a drive, not so fast, my friend. So four out of four out of ten for you. Five yeah. five five penalties on offense. Ooh, gosh. Yeah, it just felt. It just felt. Stuck at times, the, stuck in the mud. Yes, at times we we look good, and then, yeah, we just we just didn't. Well, it's a totally different team to the Bengals, and that's what the biggest frustration is. We'll probably beat the Bills and probably lose the next game. You know, just this <laughs> this constant on off on off. Well, I think that Bengals game gave people a lot of optimism, but in saying that, and I know obviously Joe Mixon had the game of his life after he played the Browns last week, but if you remember right in that Bengals game, we made them one dimensional. 
and they didn't, yep. they couldn't run the ball on us. So then they were trailing and now it's a different game. And that's the thing with every NFL game, right? It always is going to take a different shape or form, but think about this. And we're going to, I know we're going over the defense, but I'll show you how there was actually a lot of similarities. There was just one major difference. So, all right. Four out of 10 on the offense. Defense. Hmm. Mm. Listen, but the pro- I get we did it. Some, we we actually, did some things okay. Yeah, but then I love your optimism because I think you're right. There was some things we did pretty well. I would agree with you. But, By the way, Paul, did you know that you talk about home field advantages? I read this stat and I thought this was very interesting. Did you know the sideline temperature of each team? I heard about this. 20 degrees difference or something stupid. Yeah. So the Miami sideline, 80 degrees. The Cleveland sideline, over 100 degrees. Now, listen, I get there's home field advantages. But if we're talking about player safety, why do I feel like the NFL should be like, hey, 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 guys? Because I get the competitive advantages and, you know, it's only going to apply in certain times and all that other stuff. But that. I don't know that that to me doesn't sit sit right. It's not like the you know we're painting a visitor's locker room pink or something, but having a twenty degree difference where now my sideline temps over a hundred and yours is eighty. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like it though. So anyway, defense. What did you think they did well? I thought the safeties had a reasonably good game compared to what they've had at the start of the season. Okay. I could get behind that. Um, highest highest and, graded player on the Browns defense was Grant Delpit. Yep. I said um, John Johnson. He was fine. Nothing great. Gave up one catch for five yards. Not great. You know, the one thing I thought was interesting when you mentioned the safeties, uh, Grant Delpit, 30, uh, 30 snaps at free safety. 22 in the box. Uh, John Johnson ended up with a alignment count of 16 in the box, 44 at free safety, seven in the slot. So a little bit interesting in terms of how they arrange those safeties, basically having a, a too high safety standpoint. But yeah, Paul, um... Paul, if I had told you before the game that the Browns defense would limit Two of the best receivers. So two is going to end up 25 of 32, 280 yards. It's a pretty NFL game. I mean, Brissett was 22 of 35. Tyreek Hill, five catches, 44 yards. Jalen Waddell, four catches, 66 yards. Mike Gesicki, two catches, 31 yards. You'd have probably taken that, right? Yeah. I. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, some things were okay. It just felt like like where was Miles Garrett yesterday? You know, I I have a note here on Miles Garrett. The the Browns defense, I thought did a very good job capping the big plays. Remember we talked about this in the pregame show I said the Browns defense is going to cap their big plays to make them beat them underneath. Well, Paul, they beat us underneath. And what they did was they implemented a very unique style of what I'll call the outside zone because we know that's what they run. So I did a breakdown here. In terms of the A-gap, 
which is right up the middle, right? So we're talking our D tackles. The Browns gave up 57 yards of the 189 rushing. 57 primarily, actually, only on the middle left. So who's on, if you you think about the left, they're talking about the rushing left. So you're talking about the right side of our D-line, Miles Garrett's side. Miles is on the left end, then you come inside. B-gap, left guard. So now we're, again, at Miles' side, 39 yards. Up the B gap, which is the one right there between the guard, the the guard and the outside tackle. Up the C gap. I'm sorry. Strike this. Reverse it. Yes, the C gap. So now we're on the edges. 55 yards to the left, 44 yards to the right. So we're talking 57 middle left, 39 left guard, and 55 outside left. Doing just quick math in my head, I would say that's 112. That's 151 yards to the left-hand side. They took advantage of Miles Garrett's aggressiveness because we thought they were going to beat us in the air and pass the ball. So what did we do? We rushed Miles up the field. Taron Armstrong would kick him out wide and run right up inside of him. Knowing, let's put the stress on their our linebackers. That's their in terms of how they're talking. They did the counter to what, this is what coaching is about, right? So, we can't let Miles Garris beat us. Boom, run it at him. Boom, run it at him. Inside, 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 outside, outside, outside. So they mixed it up in terms of allowing Tyree Killer Jalen Waddle to beat you. Well, instead, we said we're going to let Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson beat us. And those guys said, no problem, fam. Jeff Wilson, 17 carries, 119 yards with a touchdown. Raheem Mostert, eight carries, 65 yards and a touchdown. That is an 8.1 and a seven yards per carry average. They said the Browns right, defensive big, line was big stinks. Oh, Paul, was, they, you was, could drive a truck through them. Mm. And I mean, I get it at the end of the game. You know, you got Tony Fields in there and a lot of people have tried to make point out of it. I mean, the guy doesn't play linebacker. Come on. It's the end of the game. The game's out. They know it's over. He stops his feet. Like, let the guy learn. I'm not going to kill Tony Fields over that. But the fact is, is they took advantage of the Browns' weaknesses. It was a great coaching job. Sometimes you just got to tip your hat, Paul, and say, you know what? They beat us. They were better at the game than we were. They ran the ball. They neutralized our pass rush. When it was third and four, they'd get four with Tyree Kill or it'd be a short touchdown. Like, they used their playmakers, but at the end of the day, we couldn't stop the run, which has been a common theme. The Bengals escaped that. The Bengals forced it into what was our strength being the coverage. That's why John Johnson and Del Pitt and AJ Green and, you know, uh, Denzel Ward. Great to see him back out there. You know, that's why some of these guys actually weren't too bad. They played pretty good games. I mean, Roddy Harrison, a lot to leave, a lot to be desired, but our secondary wasn't that bad. Where we struggled was Tommy Togiai, Taven Bryan, Jordan Elliott, right? These are the guys, this Roderick Perry, he didn't last long, did he, Paul? No, I must admit, I have been expecting more from our defensive tackles. But, um, well, the defensive tackle, and if you haven't got a chance, go listen to what Jack and I talked about in that defensive tackles, right? A lot of Browns fans wanted us to address that defensive tackle position in the draft. And if we go back and look, only one defensive tackle that's been drafted is actually worth a shit, and that's Jordan Davis from Eagles, and he's hurt. So, not a lot of you're not getting a lot of instant impact from these guys because they're so young. And I say that I mean Tommy Togia is 23 years old. You're in a meat grinder with grown ass men, and they're just getting their ass whooped. So you got to look to the front office and say Andrew Barry, 
you need to get some grown ass men. You need to get some veterans in there to help these guys out because Paul, you ain't kidding. They got their asses mauled on that defensive line. And the Dolphins just said, fine, we'll just run it up there. No problem. Right up it goes. The issue is though, we are, well, we three and eight. Three and six. You're predicting losses to Buffalo and uh, thing already, aren't you? Yeah. Um, But anyway, it's sad thinking about it. Look, Defense, three? Yeah, three. Like you said, the secondary played okay at times and wasn't... They took advantage of a glaring weakness. Our D-line stinks. And uh, Taki Taki seems to be... Do you think Taki Taki do enough to get a contract extension or? Yeah, I think they'll offer him something. I mean, they took advantage of him and his over aggressiveness. There was a couple times they kicked him out on the edge where they'd crash Garrett down. They tried to throw some wrinkles at the Dolphins running game. And the problem was, I think it just left a couple of our guys exposed on the one touchdown run at the end. I saw Deion Jones get massively held. You know, there was one play where I saw Clowney get chop blocked. So. There's plays here and there where if a flag was thrown, it would look a little bit different. But listen, I mean, they exploited the young guys. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, two pressures, nothing really, anything else from there. Um, but from a passing standpoint, I mean, even the, the mighty Miles Garrett, I mean, one total pressure, one hurry. Jadavian Clowney, two total pressures, two hurries. The only sack came from Greg Newsom and Deion Jones, really, in a pursuit sack, right? So. The Dolphins just had good answers, and you can attribute that to their coaching staff being better than ours, whatever you want to do. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, the Browns just got beat, and it was one of those games where it was a close game. They got it all. They couldn't get the drive. They couldn't get the stop, and the Dolphins added nine points at the end. The final score, I don't even really care if it's what if it's 30-17 versus 39-17. Who cares? It doesn't really matter. You lost. What about special teams? Hey, specials. They knew Jack Duffin was in the house, baby. 48-yard return right out of the gate. How about that? That was great. That was great. Oh, was, my gosh. Just... The group chat with Duffin, and then he texts back, I wasn't in the stadium yet. So Prefer knew his ass wasn't in the seat and still did it. But uh, Cade York looked pretty good. Uh, didn't miss, obviously, a kick there. Uh, Borquez had the one punt. I think he could have got a little bit more on it. Um, I think they were a little bit worried about the return on that one. Uh, but yeah, average 31 yards on the return, obviously beat the long being 48 and Miami didn't punt. So luckily we didn't muff any, uh, punts, but outside of that, I think their one, their one return wasn't much and most didn't do much in the return game on our coverage. So if anything, you know what, how about this? Let's add a little optimism eight for the specials. They didn't do anything killer. Did they Paul? No. Um, do we agree on what the defensive to- score is going to be? They blocked a kick though, right? They deflect. They was it? Was it? I don't think it was blocked. Was it? You I watched. I watched a few games yesterday. I don't think that was the one that was blocked. You have to go back and see, yeah. listeners. Let us know. Was it blocked or not? Yeah, I have to go back and look at that one. First half, I, I stepped out for a couple on the puns. I didn't get back to watch it, but either way. Would we agree on the defense three? Offense four, defense three, special teams eight. There we go. See, we're ending on a little bit of optimism. but So we've got one more game left? Well, one one, one more left game with Brisket? No, two and then... left. Ba- we got Buffalo and Tampa. 
Buffalo and Tampa. Yeah, so he'll be back. He'll be back for the Texans. Any game we don't play in January will not, I'm sorry, December will not have Deshaun Watson. His first game back is December 4th against the Texans. He is back at practice today, so everybody should be loosened up and ready at practice today. Great. Um, last question, we'll finish this up. Um, who do you think was to blame for the result yesterday? Andrew Berry for the poor talent? Uh, Stefanski making the final call? Or Joe Woods? Or the OC? What, 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 who do you think is to blame? As a former player of a lot of sports, I don't know if I would ever blame one particular person, but I think every one of them has a hat. So if we're talking about like a hierarchy, right? So it starts with Jimmy Haslam. He gives Andrew Barry the keys to the castle. I think Barry went out and made a lot of risky moves. We've talked about this. We've belabored it. He made some bets in certain positions that paid off. A guy like Anthony Walker, he made a couple bets that really just haven't paid off. And when he gutted the D tackle room, I think the thought was that a couple of these guys were going to stand up. And Jordan Elliott has sat down. Tommy Togiai is still another year away from really doing anything. He's got to get some more strength. At times he plays on the ball, but at times he just gets bullied. So if I'm Joe Woods, I actually didn't mind. I know they scored, they had 500 yards. We couldn't stop the run. I didn't mind the the, the game plan, right? I, I'd rather try to ha- make Jeff or Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert beat me than Tyreek Hill. I mean, yeah, they didn't need him, I guess. But at the end of the day, like I'm not going to kill Joe Woods over this. I didn't think it was a terrible game, but sometimes, you know, you, you coach against somebody that understands what you're going to do. There's tendencies in the league. We do it to the Bengals. They did it to us. So I would say that Barry takes probably the largest percentage of blame. Maybe if I'm giving out blame, I'll say 50% goes to Andrew Barry, 25% to Stefanski. I think that fourth and three call, I, I'm not sure how to went with that play call specifically. Um, wasn't really set up for success the way I liked it. Uh, I know it would have been a 59 yarder, so I'd have hesitated on even kicking that. So I'll give a quarter of the blame to Stefanski, a quarter of the blame to the defensive coaching staff. You know, I'll just say the, the positional coaches, because I think there was a couple guys that were could have been in better positions to succeed. So I'm going to divide up the 25% amongst all the positional coaches. Stefanski gets a quarter, and Andrew Barry in the front office is going to take the other 50%. All right, great. And uh, yeah, sorry if I sound a bit doom and gloom I know that the Dolphins was a game that we thought we were never going to win but I think beating the Bengals as well as we did going into that game I thought we were going to get something out of it yeah, and we it just built, didn't it built optimism yep mm. it, it built optimism we saw that game Monday night football boom boom whole world saw it we kicked their ass and now we just got our asses kicked. So that's the NFL. But hey, look at Buffalo. I mean, you talk about them. They're coming off of a game, fumbling a snap, giving up a touchdown, losing in overtime. So yeesh. if I'm correct, they've lost two in a bounce, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which everybody's going to say, oh, that means the Browns are going to get their asses. With blah, 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 blah. You know, listen, the NFL is just every single, every single week. I mean, look at some of the scores from yesterday. You just, you wouldn't have gathered, you know, the Steelers go out and absolutely give it to the saints. Uh, you know, the Vikings obviously beat the bills, the lions come back and contain. I will say, I understand a little bit more about why Miami got gashed by Justin Fields. This guy is just playing out of his mind right now with his feet. Um, you know, the, the Colts dead for nothing, come back on the fighting Jeff Saturdays, you know, making Joe Thomas eat a little bit of crow. 
the Packers taking it to the Cowboys in overtime. It's just, it's an NFL, right? Who would have thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to come out and beat the Cowboys? Not a lot of people. So who, who's to say we don't show up next week. We run the same thing. We know Buffalo doesn't run the ball very well. So we get a couple things fixed. Maybe we just needed a turnover yesterday, punch a ball out. That's what we needed. We just didn't get it. They did it. We didn't turnover battle one, nothing. Boom. Done. Then you have in terms of fourth down, we gave three turnovers on the, the downs. They gave one. So they were plus two in terms of fourth down positions. All right. Well, look, I'm going to finish up by saying go Browns. I look forward to seeing Jack back in the UK. And uh, yeah. Disney Duffin. We're missing him. We're missing him here a lot. But he's had a great time out there. He is. And uh, if you miss Jack, the positional groups are out there. You know, we're we're taking him off a of Disney train to make him record. I think we got two left with the cornerbacks and the safeties. So go check those out. Um, tweet us, DM us if you have any questions about what you think is going to go on. Um, you know, I think it's a little late in the season to be finding any valuable pieces. So let's just hope the guys get better. And, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be welcoming the, the goat Tom Brady in town. So maybe we can give him a little Cleveland welcome. Can't wait. Two good quarterbacks back to back coming up. Yes, that's absolutely. We need one. We got to win one. So if I don't really have anything else, so. On that note, Paul, what, you are you going to be back in the States for any games left? You got any lined up? Washington and Steelers. Um, CES is on the weekend this week, this Ooh. year. So they're saying that they want me to work on the Saturday and the Sunday. So I maybe watch the games in Vegas. You're going to go to the pool uh, bar? A, a Browns, Browns backers bar in Vegas. That's what I may do. There you go. So, well, if you're in Vegas for New Year's, get a hold of Paul Brown. So... Could be in Washington. Who knows? There you go. Four on offense, three on defense, eight on the specials. On that note, go Browns. Go Browns.